Hello, everyone. My name is Wendy Batts, and I'm here with Ken Miller, my co-host and friend and colleague. And uh, welcome to Random Fit. How are you? Thanks, Wendy. Um, good. How are you doing? Oh, you know, just living yeah. a dream. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Every day. <laughs> Today is going to be a great day. I love this this topic. Uh, I, I say that every week, but I, especially this week when we're talking about Title IX and women in sports. And so I was excited when this topic came up because it's, you know, it's definitely a uh, a topic that I think we should cover, and I think actually going through yeah. the history of how it actually came into a, you know, it came, I don't know, came as a law, uh, you know, how it actually was brought forward, and and the reasons why I think is phenomenal. Yeah, I, and with 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 Title IX, it's it's this is one of those um, this is one of those laws, and and we we can take this one for granted sometimes because when it comes to you know men's versus women's not men's versus women's but men and women's sports it it wasn't always like it is today where you have the you know you have men's sports and you have women's sports there was a time when it was just predominantly men's sports and actually a lot of it was, it was all women's sports in, in some schools until title nine came along and said uh-uh-uh you know <laughs> we need to have we need to have equal representation when it comes to both men and women. And when we talk about this today, one of the things I'm going to bring up is just my experience working in the collegiate environment and having three different sports that I worked with respectively that were women's sports. Now, I did work with football as one of my primary sports, um, but I also had three three sports that I was responsible for as far as creating their programming. And, and you know, if it wasn't for Title IX, I don't know if that opportunity to work with these with these wonderful ladies in my my time as a strength conditioning coach would have would have ever been possible but um you know i do have a vested interest in in women in sports because i have a daughter who is very much athletic and is partake participating in multiple sports so yeah this is this is a topic that i think that we as fitness professionals or exercisers and those that have participated in in athletic endeavors need to know you know how things got to be where they are today. Yes. And I mean, when you look back and when I was actually kind of reading through it, you know, when you think about the NCAA, I mean, that actually started in 1906, which I did not know going into that. And of course, it was really enforcing football. And of course, football brings a ton of money and a ton of fans. And, you know, they they work hard. They're doing a lot of things on the field. But you know what, when you think about in 1906, there were no women's sports, there was no women championships, and actually not a lot of women athletes out there that, that were even brought to the forefront at all until Title IX happened. And so, you know, when you think about that June 23rd, 1972, that's when Title IX um, was, was signed and, and came into effect. And, you know, we keep talking about this, Ken, but get, tell us what is Title IX? So if we had to give a definition, how would you describe that? Uh, basically, you know, from, from the, from the different things that I had to read, it's, it's, it's a civil rights law, mm -hmm. right. Which prevents discrimination against women when it comes to not just sports, but, but education as well. So to look at it from that standpoint, you know, to, to not discriminate against you as a female, again, based on, based on gender was one of those things. Again, we, we take for granted today being, you know, 2022, as it is with this recording, um, 
the you know we see things as you know having access um from both a, a women's and a men's side of things but it wasn't always like that and where title nine typically gets um its foundation or where it gets brought up is when it comes to athletics but it also has an educational or academic um uh, aspect to it as well. But where we really see Title IX is when it comes to access in sports. And I just want to, one of the things that I remember um, being a part of the collegiate environment, they still go through this today when it comes to budget cuts. Mm -hmm. When they when they look at cutting funding or they have to save budget based on uh, the amount of sports that a, that a program has, if they're going to cut a sport, they're looking not just at the sports themselves, but they're also looking at, you know, male versus female so men's versus women's sports so if they cut a, a men's sport they have to cut a women's sport as well or vice versa so if a women's if they're considering one of the one of the um one of the sports that isn't generating revenue again just you know from a financial standpoint it does come down to money so if if a sport does not bring in money <laughs> that's one of the first things unfortunately that gets put onto the chopping block so when you think about that so if a women's sport has to go they have to look at a comparable sized men's sport to go along with it so it's it's not it's not a fun thing to look at cutting sports but the other side of that coin is that if a, if a woman's team has to go so does a men's team yeah. um but this is this is this is the this is the thing about title nine it's 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 academics and athletics and overall um it's you know it, the the knife cuts both ways when it comes to that the knife cuts both ways. Wow. If you guys are just joining Ken Miller and myself, Wendy Bats on Random Fit, today we're talking about Title IX and women in sports. And I think it's important, as you said, I mean, now it is it is a law. But in 1972, that law was actually signed by Richard Nixon. And he's the one that, you know, actually signed it. But one of the people that really should get the credit, I mean, she was the one that was the visionary leader. And she was, she kind of like pioneered the education reform process and bringing this based on her own experience was Patsy Mink and she was out of Hawaii. And so I know she was in, you know, she was pretty much the one that we have to thank for this. And, you know, and I know too, when I was reading, it did seem quote unfair to the men in the very beginning when this happened, because, you know, people that felt like they deserved that scholarship and stuff like that didn't get it because then they had to offer similar scholarships, like you said, to women in sports. And so there was, it wasn't like it was an easy transition, like, yay, let's bring all these women in because, you know, you had to think, okay, scholarship wise, if I'm going to offer so many to men, I have to, like you said, offer so many to females. And um, I know that didn't go over quite so well in the very beginning, but yeah. now it's just the way it is. And, you know, that I think it's a blessing because 1970, you know, when we look at the time, 1972 wasn't that long ago. Um, and, yeah. and so we, even though for some, it seems like it was forever ago to myself, it doesn't. Um, however, you know, it's, it's actually good to see that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And, and again, going back to 1970, that's 50 years ago now. And uh, you know, yes. to think that within, within our lifetime, we were, we're still gaining, um, you know, equal foothold when it comes to, to that. And you brought up a really good point, Wendy, because when you're talking about scholarships, these are opportunities mm -hmm. that, um, that student athletes have to get a, you know, further their education, through their endeavors with with athletics, and if you had a situation before 1972, before this came into uh, became became into uh, law, then 
you know, it was pretty much just men gaining access to further education subsidized by by funding. And that's that's the part of it is the fact that because this is a law and we have to look at equal opportunity, anything that's that has government funding has to have this this equal opportunity for both men and women. So now that you have Title IX in effect, now that you have now you have opportunity for for both men and women to further their education. And we all know what furthering your education from an academic standpoint can do. So if you have those opportunities available to you um, through scholarship, then, you know, that's going to get, you know, uh, more equal footing for, for females when it comes to furthering their education. And, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, again, as, as a, as a strength conditioning, uh, strength and conditioning coach, uh, you, you have to, you have to realize that when it comes to furthering your education, if you, if you are, if you're a good enough athlete within a sport and you are attending college, it's just one less thing you have to worry about when it comes to financially supporting yourself through school. So, you know, a scholarship of any kind, you know, especially a, an athletic scholarship, if that helps subsidize your education, then you're going to have that many more, not just female sports, females in, uh, in athletics, but also you're going to have that many more females graduating from from. Um, academic programs as well. So that's the bigger side I see to this to this aspect of, of the law. Well, when you look at the numbers too, I mean, just looking at, you know, where we were. So like in 1972, you know, women in sports, there was 295,000 females that participating in different sports. And now we've grown that up to over 2.6 million. And so when you're thinking about it, when in college, it went from 30,000 to over 150,000. And so just so you guys know, like, look at that number and, and the a big part of what Title IX is credited with isn't just about giving both the equal opportunity, if you will, but it's more of decreasing the dropout rate from girls in high school and increasing the number of women that are going to pursue a higher education and complete their college degree for exactly what you were saying. And so I think, you know, when you think about how many women are graduating, if you get a scholarship to support yourself in order to do that and play a sport that you love and you're good at, it, it definitely is a win-win. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of add on to that, it, again, looking at sports, looking at academics, this also addressed um, access to, to facilities and supplies. And again, just kind of this is a little bit of biased uh, information when it comes to athletics. But, you know, I just remember with with my time at Cal, this is before they had um, built out their um, high performance uh, center, which just tops in the nation when it comes to. Uh, the equipment, but also um, the the facilities themselves to where you had, you know, back in the day uh, when I first got there in, you know, mid 2000, 2006, 2010, you had football, which is the big sport, obviously, because, you know, it's it it does garner a lot of the um, the, uh, the the monies that comes into athletics. But you had different sports that had to go to another building, right? And you had, you know, the coaches, especially with with some of the, the the female sports, they had to go someplace else. You know, again, spacing was was an issue, and access to offices within within the the central area when when it came to Memorial Stadium was just wasn't there. But then once the high performance uh, center was built out, then you had everybody was centralized. So 
offices for all the coaches for both men and and women's sports, but also the locker rooms. I'll tell you what, Wendy, one of the yeah. one of the one of the things that was 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 missing, and this is again, I'm not not talking about this university specifically as it was in other universities as well as I as I learned uh, later on, but you had you had athletes of these these other sports again when you talk about funding, um, especially through the public school system, um, a lot of times the budget isn't there. You know, living in California, a lot of it isn't there. And, and these universities are, you know, struggling for funding. But you had athletes, both men and women, in, in some of these smaller sports that had to change clothes in their cars. Mm -hmm. right? They had a park and they, they had to change because they didn't have locker rooms. Right. So therefore, if they don't have locker rooms, they don't have showers. Um, so you you had situations where the funding just wasn't there, especially, you know, it's witnessed um, by a lot of female athletes. Like you had to change in your car. You had to go back to your apartment or your or the dorms to to take showers. Now that, you know, things were on more equal footing because, you know, Memorial Stadium or Cal has been around way longer than 1972 um, when they built things out, then, you know, things we're on a more uh, even playing ground, you know, figuratively, figuratively and literally when it came to the the facilities that they had access to. So that was one of the, the good things that that does come from it is that, you know, I don't have to, you know, as a female athlete, you don't have to, you know, change in the car. Change in the car. You know, they got their locker room, they have the showers and they have everything available to them, you know? So it, it's one of the, the benefits that you, you saw witness once things were able to develop. Yeah. And if you guys are just joining us on random fit, myself, Wendy Batts, we're here with that. Uh, Ken Miller, we're talking about title nine and women in sports. And Ken, I think you bring up some, some, you know, really important topics and, and what we've seen, you know, like you said, there's more facilities, there's equal opportunity. However, one thing that I did go over, over and over again, we keep talking about equality, but there's differences between equity and equality. And I think we really want to think more of the equity side because it's still not equal. I mean, we may offer the same, you know, like scholarship numbers, like you have to provide this many numbers and make it equal to that many number when you're giving out scholarships, you know, and it has to be an equal balance, like you said, especially if it's government funding. However, when you want to think about that too, you've got to think, like you said, budget. And so there may be more money put into different facilities that bring in more because that's where the money was, you know, allotted, like, okay, it's going to go into this different, you know, this specific facility. Because if you go into, especially some of these colleges and look at their football facilities, mm -hmm. it, it is like, you walk in and it's like, whoa, you get these crazy lighting and this recovery rooms and everything all to its, itself, you know, like where it's like this one place you would want to live your whole life because of all the amenities that, that that one particular facility had for football. But then if you go and do the, something else that's maybe female related, there's nothing that's equal that, you know, like there's not a, I mean, we're bringing women football facilities and now, but there it's, it's just different. And so I started looking into some of this differences of like money and even in professional sports, you know, you look at something and, and I bring this to the forefront because I actually train and work with some LPGA, um, you know, uh, athletes. And then I also work with PGA athletes. And so it's interesting, even when you look at the championship purse, because there yeah. are, you know, in men's sports, 
there's usually a bigger audience. There's more money that's brought in with ticket sales. There's more sponsorship on, you know, television. And so there's usually more money poured into the men's sports versus the women's. However, there still is money given. So if you look at like just the CME, which is like a, the tour group championship for women, they've increased their purse. If the winner of that one particular golf tournament wins, she wins $1.5 million, which is the largest prize ever in women's golf history. And the second place woman won $480,000. Sounds like a, a lot of money, but then if you look on the, the men's side, especially because of the sponsorships and because of television and all that stuff, you've got you know $75 million now in comparison to 60 million that is for the, you know, like available. So the winner of that one tournament, if you're a male, they make $18 million. And so they're still playing 18 holes. They're still playing sometimes even the same course, but there is a substantial and significant difference in comparison of what the earnings are because of the crowds and the sponsorships. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, and you bring up golf, you see this, like you mentioned, basketball is the same way. Mm -hmm. Tennis is the same way. And soccer, you know, definitely women's soccer or, or football. Um, is is definitely the same way, but you know I think when it comes to that aspect, again revenue generation versus funding, and that's where mm -hmm. you know equity, equality, as you as you're bringing up, Wendy, those are two different things. So when it comes to Title IX, again, this this is when it comes to federal funding, right, mm -hmm. versus revenue generating um, sports. Because I, I've also seen where you know women's sport, you know, especially with some gymnastics programs. Mm -hmm. that they have their own building for 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 gym practice they have their own building for for actual gymnastics meets right where they're drawing some of these gymnastics programs draw more people than you know in 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 paid ticket sales than some football programs bring with their with their programs so and that's where you'll see depending on the program that is revenue generating um, they'll have their own athletic trainers they'll have multiple strength coaches and they'll have you know, of course, the gear and all that, you know, all, this, all the swag that comes with their sport and team, you know, the, all, some of that stuff reflects as well. So the, you do bring up a really good point as far as the difference between equity and equality. But again, money talks, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, when, it, when it comes to how some of these teams are subsidized. But again, when it comes to government involvement, um, you know, that's that's one of the bigger differences. But if, if you're if your if your gymnastics team is drawing fifty thousand people to meet, then yeah, you're going to be in a better position than that where you're pretty much, you know, trying you're struggling to fill in the uh, the um, the arena to meet your meet your uh, your your viewership. Yeah, and when you look at Title Nine in general, and those of you guys that are just joining us, that's what Camilla and I are talking about on Random Fit is basically Title Nine and women in sports. But some of the examples too um, of the types of uh, you know, because we were saying that it's not just, you know, equal opportunity, but it's also the types of discrimination that are covered under this. You've got sexual harassment and the failure to provide equal athletic opportunities. So self-based um, discrimination in schools, science, technology, engineering, math, you know, these courses and programs, and especially also women um, that are pregnant. And so, you know, I think all of that, you know, we, we just kind of focus more on women in sports, but the Title IX really is kind of all inclusive for women to give us an equal opportunity to do different things that, that men can do. And it just be, you know, we have the, 
kind of the backing to support, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing. I think that's super important. Yeah. It, and it's huge. I, one of the things I don't think we we talk about enough, you know, because a lot of, a lot of this is reflected in like the collegiate environment, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's when that's when we're talking about scholarships. But when you when you think about like the trickling down, you know, if if someone wants to go to college, if a female wants to go to college, and she figures out that okay, well, one of the ways I can I can get there academically, or I can get there athletically. Well, what does that do to your motivation to do well in sports in high school? And you know, and of course, meeting requirements for, for academics, but, you know, having, having a, um, a daughter myself, that's, that is one of those things where I, again, I'm not one of those dads that I'm trying to get my daughter a scholarship. You get her to pay for college through sports and athletics, but if it is something that's going to help her become a more well-rounded, um, student by participating mm -hmm. in sport. And if, and if it is an opportunity in the future to where she can play sports, whether it's, you know, a, a scholarship or not, but if that's something that she can play recreationally because she's now doing it in elementary school, she can do that through junior high and high school and gain opportunities, you know, all the way down to where she is in her age group and her grade, then I think that's that, you know, I think that kind of trickles down to where it's going to promote fitness and wellness and activity um, in not just my daughter, but any, any girl her age that wants to, you know, participate in sport and have access to sport as they go through um, the school system. And, and maybe, you know, maybe if it's a, if it's something that she wants to and pursue in college, then, you know, that opportunity is there. And that's one of the things that I'm grateful for when it comes to title nine, what it's, what it's been able to do, not just again, uh, from an athletic standpoint, but the access to, as, as we're seeing here, access to, uh, facilities, equipment, um, uh, tutoring, th things like that, that helps promote the educational side um, and not just the athletic side. So I think that's that's where it really, really can, you know, affect uh, a female in, in the, in the um, developmental process when it comes to school and athletics. Well, we talked about just how important sports can be in the developmental process. And so to your point, you know, when you're thinking about social skills and coordination and strength and conditioning and just overall health, I mean, we, we see so many benefits in sports. And so to your, your point, if we can take them to a higher level, they're, they're skilled and they want to do it, then it gives them the motivation and the drive. And if they want to do it in a collegiate level, then to your point, you have to have good academics. You have to be able to be all inclusive in order to get that scholarship and teaching for a university. I mean, we, we do athletic checks. So we have the directors contact us throughout the semester to get the, the students grades that are participating on scholarship and the, at their university to make sure that they're meeting the requirements. And if not, they will, like to your point, they will bring in help to help tutor them and to help make sure that they're hitting the grades. So therefore they can hit the court or the field or whatever um, and stay within the regulations in order to do that. And so, you know, there are so, there are so many positives and, and it is, you know, like I said, I mean, being a female myself and, and, you know, kind of going through that process, it's awesome to, to know that it's there. You know, I think it's only going to continue to get more competitive and, you know, because they're, they're still, you know, when you think about scholarships, there's not a lot of scholarships per school. And so, you know, it is very cutthroat if you're, you have to be really good in order to get a scholarship and right. all sports. Yeah. And, and, 
you know, the, the other thing that I think we all forget is that, you know, when it comes to women in sports, you know, you have the, you have the professional routes that you can go after college, but I think just to even, you know, think about like, again, the percentage of even male athletes that make it to the pro level, what is it? I mean, something like 0.2% from the, from a, being a high school freshman to, the the professional it's it's not a very big percentage of people that get there so when you think about opportunities for females to go on to that um to down to that level whether a pro golfer soccer player or you know uh, tennis but we forget about those that decide okay well college is it i just you know i want to earn my degree you know athletics is the 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 car that i'm gonna have to ride in to get that college degree uh, without going into debt when it comes to graduating, but you know, you, a lot of these, a lot of these student athletes do become professionals in academics and in engineering. And, you know, because they've, they've had opportunities that, you know, were once, as you mentioned earlier, that were once only available to men when it came to subsidizing their college education. So I think even to get through the, the collegiate um, levels is, is really, you know, it's, it's a, opportunity for access and all all we ever want really is to have access and opportunity and then it's it's up to you to pursue it exactly <laughs> it's up yeah. to it's up to you <laughs> yeah. well you know ken like i said i could probably talk about title nine all day and you know women in sports specifically because i mean there are so many people that were on the forefront i mean you think of billy jean kid she was actually they talked about her at the olympics you know, um, just a few weeks ago and just, you know, her impact in tennis and being on the forefront of Title IX and, and being such a, a, you know, big part of discrimination and, and trying to make us recognize the importance of all this. It was actually really cool to see her there, you know, and um, and just learning a little bit more of how she she was a part of all this stuff, too. But you know, June 23rd, 1972, it was definitely a date that changed uh, women's women's history, especially women in sports. And so, yeah. So, yeah. No, but, I mean, I agree. I mean, this is one of those things that a lot of, again, being where we are 50 years later after the passing of that law, um, a, lot, a lot of, a lot of, you know, guys and girls, they, they don't understand, they don't understand the history of, of how this, you know, came to be and the opportunities that it that it's allowed. So I think this was this was a really good topic for us to cover because, you know, there's you know a lot of people were able to achieve their educational and athletic goals because of this. So I think uh, I think it was uh, this was a good talk, Wendy. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. So hey, uh, thanks for joining us today on this episode of Random Fit and and on this topic of Title Nine. So if you like what you heard, like, follow, subscribe, and comment, and we'll be sure to talk about things that you guys want to listen to when it comes to random fit. So until next time, everybody, take care and be well.